Welcome to Beijing's Daily News. We'll be covering finality time in crypto networks, time boost for Arbitrum, and order flow auction design space. Let's get to it. On March the 3rd, Misari published a research report titled Introductory Analysis of Finality Times in Crypto Networks. The following are the main contents of the report. Time to finality is often overlooked when compared to transactions per second. However, in future crypto applications, there may be an elastic demand for quick finality. Some apps won't require it at all, while others may demand the fastest possible true finality time. If high-value applications end up prioritizing fast finality times, networks that support fast finality will have an advantage. On the other hand, if high-value applications don't end up valuing the difference in finality times, then slower networks may still be able to compete based on superior characteristics such as decentralization, developer support, liquidity, and others. Broadly speaking, crypto network consensus protocols can achieve two different kinds of finality, probabilistic and deterministic. As the name suggests, systems that use probabilistic finality finalize transactions well probabilistically approaches 100%. There are several reasons why transactions never reach 100% certainty. Typically, the cause is competing blocks being proposed at the same time, causing validators to have differing views on which block and therefore which transactions form the head of the chain. Probabilistic finality networks include Ethereum, Bitcoin, Solana, and others. On the other hand, systems with deterministic finality guarantee that once a transaction is included in a block, it cannot be undone. These systems typically use consensus mechanisms like Tindermint, Cosmos, and others, and Lachesis, Phantom, to ensure that blocks are never proposed simultaneously. Avalanche aptos are the clear winners when it comes to finality times among live networks. Avalanche is a top choice with transactions and blocks almost confirming less than 1 and 2 seconds, respectively. However, Solana has the fastest finality when paired with a large node count. Although Solana has near-identical block finality, or slots as calling Solana, as Avalanche, it has nearly tripled the node count. Solana suffers from a high finality time variance at extremes. The cause of this problem is not well understood. If the teams contributing to Solana's core can solve it, they will boost the network's value proposition significantly, as Solana maintains their advantage compared to its competitors. Use case for FIS finality include on-chain games with high activity and complex interactions, high-frequency flash loan leverage, and a SWIFT-like system executed via on-chain credentials and smart contract checks. The analysis of finality times in crypto networks is an important consideration for future applications. Some high-value applications may demand the fastest possible true finality time. For these type of apps, networks that support fast finality will have an advantage over slower networks, contrasting the Ethereum rollup-centric consensus in the crypto space today. On March 2nd, Offchain Labs published a research report titled Time Boost, a new transaction ordering policy for Arbitrum on Medium. The main contents of the report are as follows. The Arbitrum sequencer receives transactions from users and publishes an ordered sequence, which serves as input to the execution stage of Arbitrum. Currently, the sequencer follows a first-come, first-serve sequencing policy. There's a lot to like FS about FC. It's simple and easy to explain. It seems intuitively fair. It minimizes latency because the policy allows each transaction to be appended to the sequence immediately on arrival. Other rollup protocols uses FC, FCS as well. Optimism does, and based on descriptions of other systems, they seem to do so as well. But FC, FCS have some disadvantages. 
mainly that it can induce latency racing behavior, where sophisticated actors spend money and effort in a wasteful arms race to get closer to the sequencer, so they can get their transactions in slightly ahead of their competitors. Every transaction is timestamped when it arrives at the sequencer, and transaction can choose to pay an extra priority fee, which will give it a time boost, making its timestamps slightly earlier, but up to 0.5 seconds. 0.5 seconds reflects a trade-off. We want transaction senders to be able to buy a large enough boost that they have incentive to buy a boost rather than trying to engineer latency, which makes us want to have a larger maximum boost. But also we want to minimize impact on the latency of non-boosted transactions, which will potentially have to wait for this period in case a boosted transaction might arrive after them, which makes us want a smaller minimum boost. I think 0.5 seconds balances the trade-off reasonably, although others might have good arguments for a slightly smaller or larger value. We expect that most transactions won't buy a time boost, so no changes are needed in wallets or application user experience. Sophisticated parties who are already constructing Arbitrum transactions programmatically can decide whether to buy a time boost and how much to buy, based on whether they are competing with others for early positions and how much they value being first. Legacy transaction types should continue to work as before, so that no changes are necessary for most users and developers. As always, Arbitrum could charge gas fees on L2, but will ignore the priority fee fields in legacy transaction formats. Many existing transactions send a non-zero priority fee to Arbitrum. Arbitrum does not collect that priority fee, and that shouldn't change. Transactions that want a time boost would use a new L2 transaction type, which will be the same format as legacy transactions, other than having a different transaction type label. For the new transaction type, the Ethereum priority fee field will be interpreted as a time boost fee and will be collected by the Arbitrum chain. The Arbitrum sequencer would apply the time boosted formula, adjust timestamps accordingly, and sequence transactions in increasingly order of the adjusted timestamp. One consequence of the policy would be that transactions that didn't pay for time boost will experience an extra 0.5 seconds of latency because the sequencer will need to wait to see if any transactions coming soon after have had a boost. But no transaction will ever need to be held for longer than 0.5 seconds. We're eager for feedback from the community on this proposal. Head on over to the Arbitrum research forum if you have thoughts to share. On March 2nd, Frontier Research published a research report titled The Order Flow Auction Design Space. The main content of the article is as follows. In crypto today, when a user generates a transaction, MEV searches quickly extract value from it. Most of this extracted value end up with the validators. Orderflow auction lets user capture the value that they create. OFA's auction right of the OFA's auction of the right to execute. OFA's auction offer the right to execute an order to bidders and give users the winning bid amount. OFA, aka Payment for Order Flow, is an old practice in traditional finance dating back at least 40 years. In recent times, Robinhood popularized PFOF by selling user order flow and guaranteeing zero fees trading. OFAs are poised to be one of the major narratives of 2023. In recent months, several companies have raised risk capital to build OFAs, promising to help return MBV to users. All flavors of order flow auctions we have surveyed has the same framework at its core. The difference between the solutions resides in how the four components are implemented. We describe the framework below. Originators and their origins. Originators take the orders generated by the user and send them to the OFA. Orders can be any state transition request, whether an Ethereum transaction to mint an NFT or a signed RFQ requesting to swap a token for another. 
Order flow auctions can be designed for arbitrary order types or can be designed around an application specific order type. Auctioner information. In order to solicit bids, the OFA reveals some information to a set of bidders. The OFA must make a decision on the amount of information it reveals and the set of bidders it reveals it to. Bidders and their bid. The bidders must then send their bids back to the OFA. The OFA must decide how it selects winning bids. It can be based on the amount of inclusion fees it generates or the amount of value it returns to users. Winning bid and its inclusion. Finally, the auction needs to send the winning bid for inclusion in the chain. The OFA must provide reliable inclusion guarantees, which can be done through trusted or permissionless mechanisms for settlement. Autoflow auction design decisions. An OFA implementer needs to decide if it will support arbitrary order types or aim for an application-specific order type. While the generic route is attractive from a market size perspective, it will inevitably incur a loss of efficiency relative to an application-specific system. A specialized OFA designed for a narrow use case like swaps can optimize a system for user experience while targeting a large part of the market. We predict OFA implementations will cluster around four distinct designs, which serve independent needs around price discovery and execution, as well as find efficiencies from specialization towards swap use cases or arbitrary transactions. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to bishingventures.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Bishing Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Bishing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.